Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm Erica. We are the Sugar Craft Junkies and this is our podcast. It's for professionals, home bakers and everyone in between. Each month we'll bring you the latest news, ones to watch and so much more. So stay tuned. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm very good. So what have you been up to then? I did a charcoal drawing class online on oh. That was good via Zoom. It was a polar bear and penguin on the iceberg. That was quite good fun. I haven't drawn charcoal before. Oh. Um, I have gone to a couple of dance classes in a studio. Ballet and hip hop so far. I've got to do one a week and we'll see how it goes. I went on a two day hoop course yesterday, so it's called Back in the Straddle and it was to kind of get you back in the swing of things because obviously in the six months off we've all forgotten what we've done, but we're not beginners because you kind of know moves, but you've forgotten how to do them, forgotten bits of it. And you're I'm impressed you're still standing. <laughs> By the end of the first day, I was exhausted. Um, so yeah, that was really good fun. I enjoyed that. And I've done some cakes. So I've done another dancer one for another cousin who's also a dancer. Yeah. Um, that went quite well. And my words with friends cake nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I've been looking forward to this story. Yeah. I'd agreed to this cake a long time ago. It's a guy that I work with. Um, it's his wife's 50th. I've known her for quite a long time as well, probably the best part of 20 years. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. Just remind me near the time. He checked back in March to say, can you still do it? And I was like, well, yeah, I can still do it. But if we're still locked out, I'm actually not allowed to trade our environmental health emailed everyone and said oh really yeah you're not an essential business it's not essential travel cake is not an essential food group people can manage about it you're not allowed to trade until we tell you wow um, so we weren't allowed to trade and i was like if we're still in lockdown we can't trade and obviously you don't know how big you want this cake to be because you might not be able to have anyone around yes so we'll talk here over time so we talked a couple of weeks beforehand it's like right, okay it looks like you can have a few people around we decided on a seven inch cake he wanted red velvet now, last year I had decided no more cakes in August because it's too hot <laughs> and no more red velvet because it's horrendous and I can't bake it. <laughs> so against my better judgment, I took this on. <laughs> Knowing I should have known better. The week it was, was the week where literally, I think Monday to Sunday was over 30 degrees. Oh. The day I had to work on it was 36. There was no air conditioning. I had to have my oven on all day. This went from bad to worse. So I was going to buy pre-made bases from Sweet Success. Yeah. But I didn't because they don't do seven inch squares. I'd have had to buy eights and cut them down. Oh, okay. By the time I it would have been £35. Pounds. Like, well, that's like... Half of what I'm charging, I can't, yeah, can't justify it. Much, can't justify spending that much. No, so I thought I'd buy a mix. So I bought a mix instead. Ordered it three weeks beforehand because I knew he wanted a velvet. I already looked at this. We just needed to decide the size. Um, I couldn't get an email. So the options were DPD next day delivery seven odd pounds or Royal Mail second class two ninety five. I was like, oh, second class is three weeks, plenty of time. Yeah. The dispatch email came, I want to say like five days later, saying, please expect your delivery in seven to ten days. I was like, what? That's going to be like oh. the day before I need, they collect it. But this can't come then. It's like, surely it's going to be quicker. Royal Mail is never that slow. Like, it's actually relatively yeah. reliable. It's generally a week. Yeah. Thank God it turned up earlier. It turned up at the beginning of the week I needed it. Ooh. And then I thought, it's quite warm. I wonder how long this mix will last when I've made it. Because the pre-made bases last three to four weeks when you get them. Okay. 
So I thought I'd send off an email because I couldn't find this information anyway. Got one back the next day. So I was working on the Monday and Tuesday anyway, so I couldn't have done anything then. Got an email back saying um, four to six days. Like, what? Four to six days? In, so, this, oh. in this heat, it's going to be three to four days. I was oh. like, so I can't actually bake it when I was going to bake it. I'm going to have to bake it on the Wednesday or the first. Well, yeah. On the Wednesday because if they're picking it up on Friday for Saturday, it's going to be going off the day they get it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure, no. So what I decided to do in the end was I was at work on a Thursday. I was like, I have not got time to do this. So what I had to do in the end was bake it on the Wednesday, bake it early in the morning on Wednesday, freeze it, yep. and then defrost it on the Friday morning and decorate it on the Friday morning. Now, the baking bit was the other issue. So you add the <laughs> eggs to the mix. You say, yeah. add the eggs, mix for three minutes. Great. Did that. It's like, this looks quite thick. So the bag I had was enough to do three eight inch cake. I needed two sevens to make the height. <laughs> right. Fine. First cake mix, and my mixer starts making a funny noise. He's just trying to mix the eggs in. It's like this doesn't sound good. Doesn't smell good. So I kept having to stop it every couple of, literally every couple of seconds, and scrape the beans oh. down because it was like concrete. It was just sucking it all up, and there it stayed. And it was super heavy. Oh no! And my mixer has never struggled with anything. It's really—it's a handheld mixer, but it's really good. It's like 400 watts. It's really powerful. Yeah. It's got a really good, strong, low speed. Like it's never struggled with even fruitcake. It's been fine. Well, this was getting worse and worse, and I was like doing this three-minute worth of beating in like 10-second increments in the end, turning it off, letting it cool down, turning it back on. Halfway through, it like spat all its innards out into the cake mix. All bits of burnt rubber. Oh no! <laughs> I was like, oh <laughs> my god. Okay. So Jack had to go in the bin. I was like, do I keep the beaters? Do I not? Okay, I need to buy a new mixer because I don't have one. Looked online, can you get mixers anywhere? No, because everyone's taking that baking. Every single thing was out of stock everywhere, apart from the like £300 Kenwood thing. So like, I, I don't want to spend £300 on a mixer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not charging that much for the cake. This is ridiculous. So after looking online for about Half an hour, I've had everywhere, including Amazon. Yeah. The only ones that were in stock in Amazon had reviews. I think it was delivery within like a week. I was like, well, that's no good. And had reviews saying that they had two pin plugs on them. So they're not even UK plugs. So they're not even oh, able no. to be in the UK. <laughs> in the end, I took a walk down to the high street, went into t- to Tesco's and Morrison's, had to buy myself a value mixer from Tesco because that was the only thing there was. And it was £7. So I bought that, prayed to God that didn't break on the next two mixes, decided I would chuck all the liquids in together because I just can't risk it yeah. breaking again because I haven't got time to bake two more cakes. Bearing in mind, this was the day it was like 36 degrees and later on the day it was the hotter it was getting. Oh, and I'm going to have to have the oven on for like another two hours on top of it. Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> so I baked the other two cakes finally, let them cool, chopped the tops off, stuck them in the freezer. I was like, oh my God. What I'd planned to do for the cake was an edible image because she plays words with friends and I thought I'd do an edible image and I'll put the words in it for happy birthday, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Yeah. Didn't occur to me that I couldn't actually do an edible image because it wouldn't have the right words on it. And then, of course, there wouldn't have been time to pick it up from anywhere because not all the shops were necessarily open. So I tried to get online and I was like, I can't do a template that's the right size and shape. I'm just going to have to cut them all by hand. So I used a one centimetre square cutter to cut all these little tiles, Borodor white paint, which means give that cheeks in the colours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cut them all by hand. There were so many of them. I know I had to do like 107 grey ones. Every single one I cut, I had to round the corners off because the tiles aren't 
they're slightly damaged. Oh, yes. So this cake has just gone from bad to worse. By the time I finished it, I was like, it actually looked really nice. I'm quite happy with how it turned out, but I've hated every minute of it. And I just didn't, I did not want to do it anymore, but I had to because I had no more time. And it was the only day that I had to bake it. <laughs> you didn't calculate an hourly rate. <laughs> no, I didn't. I think, I think my hourly rate would be the minus figures. <laughs> Just put it yeah. down to experience. Yeah. What I had quoted for, plus I had to quote for like three hours worth of work because it was going to be a really straightforward yeah. cake to make. No. I spent 15 hours, if not longer, trying to make mm. this thing, plus 40, plus a new mixer. Oh, so, no. Yeah. Oh. No, Mi- no more red velvet, no more red summer. <laughs> End of. <laughs> I'll remind you that next year. <laughs> no more August. <laughs> yeah. Skip the month. It's more successful than me. Um, well, what have I been up to? So I went back and um, tried those cakesicles again, which I haven't posted any pictures of, and there are reasons for that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I thought I would try a mousse, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. So um, so I found quite a nice mousse recipe. It was, um, it had fresh strawberries and it was marshmallows and Sounded really nice. Made it all up. Uh, did white chocolate. So I put that into, so I've got, um, it, it's a four, a set of four kind of lollipop cakesicle, uh, mold. What I did was I put the mousse into the mix, into the mold. Mm. And then I was going to dunk it into the chocolate oh, okay. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I put the stuff in the, in the mold. Absolutely fine. Shoved it in the freezer. Yeah. Uh, so it came out. And to be fair, they came out. Now, the first one that I did, I thought, oh, I know what. I was talking to a friend and, and she's a chef. So, well, what you could do is you could uh, put the stick into like a, a dark chocolate mm. and then you could insert that into the mousse. So then when it's covered with white chocolate, okay, you, yeah, you've yeah. got that kind of different um, texture and, and different flavour, which all sounded fine, except I managed to get dark chocolate halfway down the stick. <laughs> as only I can put them all in so I only did it to one because I'm like, I'm looking at these sticks and I'm like, it's dark chocolate halfway done stick just doesn't look good so uh, so I just did one they all look lovely have got a picture of them looking really quite nice in yeah. the mould they came out and they were fine yeah um, then I went to dunk them into the white chocolate so the first one went in with this mucky uh, dark chocolate on the yeah. stick went in and came out reasonably well the problem was that I think was the mousse that I chose because mm. the marshmallow was the setting agent because obviously there's gelatine in oh, marshmallow okay. and I don't think there's enough gelatine no. in the marshmallow. Although it tasted nice. Yeah. Um, give it a, a little while on the stick. I then went to pick up the stick because uh, actually in the photo, um, I utterly took the photo, but you can see that the oh, stick yeah. is an angle. Yeah. So I would say pretty unsuccessful oh. uh, so back to the drawing board it's fine I will not be deterred I tried the geometric cards with the off cards from the yeah. aforementioned red velvet <laughs> went straight into my freezer so when I cut them off I was like well these are really shallow these would be perfect but, yeah. and it worked pretty well um, I tried the decorating but I yeah. was too lazy to make up a piping bag very nice thing which is ridiculous because I think I already actually have some upstairs <laughs> too lazy to go and fill one up and cut the end off it and I literally just used a spoon to drizzle it and it looked like a fat mess but 
But they don't on the on the photos. They look they look okay. quite. Maybe they look a fat less compared to what I wanted them to look like. They okay. Look okay. But you put yeah, some dragees on, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. And you dusted them as yes. well. And yeah, I, I, I thought actually they look the really dust pretty. Nice, but they used an awful lot of dust. Did they? Like masses of it. They looked a little bit more elegant than my um, <laughs> cakesicles. But the other thing that we did that was quite nice, we went to um, Sussex Prairies. Hmm. Uh, which is a place down it's not far from Brighton okay and there was there's a company down there called Bazaar they sell all Indian clothing oh, okay. and stamp sets and candles and a whole array of things so there's a, a lovely lady called Joanne Hall and she goes over to India and works with communities over there um, but it was the day you know like you do cakes on a day that's really hot yeah we go on a day that it's going to chuck it down with rain. <laughs> and it was the day that all the storms yeah. were due to come. So all the way down, first day, the first real day out with the family. Yeah. We spent over an hour in a traffic jam on the M25. Yeah. And then we get all the way down there. And then the rain just fell. <laughs> oh my God. You know, when you haven't seen rain for a while and it just lashed it down. I thought of something else I did. I did a demonstration of Shieldcraft there, didn't I? Oh, oh you did? The Shieldcraft Guild on there. It's a close Facebook group for their members. Wax paper transfer technique. Yeah. So It's brilliant. Do, basically doing writing without cutters yeah. to any style or shape. What new stuff have you found? Then? Okay, so I found uh, some stuff from Marvelous Moulds. Okay. Um, so they do this Simpress uh, mould, and it's essentially it's the mould that covers the whole of the side of the cake, so you can actually decorate all the way round your cake. And they seem to be really good at picking up on all of the trends that you know you spend your time uh piping round or doing ruffles round they'll suddenly come up with a mold to make it extremely quick and easy to do um so there's the fluted simpress mold which is essentially it's all the lines so you could sit there with a like a strip cutter Mm. and cut out all the lines individually around your cake but no you can just put it in a mold and produce a panel that goes on and because marvellous moulds are so good at lining everything up yeah. that actually it's seamless. Yeah, and with I think with the simplest ones, you don't turn it out of the mould. You, you nope. put it in the mould, you glue you it, and then you offer it straight to up cake, to the cake, and, yep. the and you so, pull it off. Yeah. So I'll, let me go through them all because there seems to be quite a few, and these are all listed as new on their um, website. Okay. Uh, whether they're all brand new, I'm not entirely sure. There's also a garden gate silicone onlay, which is quite pretty. It's kind of little flower. I, I would say like cut out flowers, yeah, like a four like a petal, and then you. It, it's essentially again goes all the way round the cake. Yeah. Um, like you say, yeah, with a lettuce background with a four petal and a centre. Yeah. I think it looks really pretty actually. There's a rosette ruffle simpress. I mean, if I list them, there's a, a scrunch ruffle simpress, a romantic ruffle simpress, uh, a perfect petal pattern. Who came up with that name? Simpress. It doesn't look like petals at all. It looks like no. That's that piping, isn't it? It's it looks like, the, like the buttercream palette knife. Yes. Where you kind of go sideways and yeah. around the cake. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> and then there's a lavish loops. Impress. Oh, that's nice. So, so that's like a fabric technique with ribbon. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I remember doing um, like a rosette ruffle on a cake and it took me hours yeah, and very, hours. Very um, yes, it was a whole of bottom tier, about a 12-inch cake, I think it was. Yeah. And it did take an incredibly incredible amount of time uh so now there is this simplest mold that you can just slap it on and it looks really effective yeah it does yeah i think if um if i was going to opt for that or spend hours doing uh, a cake <coughs> for so let's see the um what did i call it it was the rosette one wasn't yeah. it so for a recommended retail price of 29.99 okay I mean, you'd versus your time, hours, you? oh, way more than three hours. Yeah, I, yeah, there was two of us that spent ooh, over a day, yeah, doing it. Um, so the the fluted one is uh, recommended retail twenty two ninety nine. The garden gate is eighteen ninety nine, and then pretty much a lot of the others, the scrunch ruffle, romantic ruffle, um, twenty eight and twenty nine ninety nine. Um, the petal, the perfect petal pattern, <laughs> twenty two ninety nine, and the lavish loops is twenty four, uh, twenty four pounds. They're so, not cheap, but they're always very, very good quality, and they're very easy to use. They work incredibly well. And the thing I like about them is they've got a slightly raised edge, so if you roll over your paste with a rolling pin, you will get a perfectly clean cut edge. To yes. It. Yeah. No, no, I I would happily spend that money on a mould versus how much time I'd spent doing the actual technique. Yeah. yeah. Because your customer won't know any different. No. So, yeah, I think that's great. Um, and then I saw on Instagram that uh, Dawn Butler from Dinky Doodle um, was just about to launch uh, some chocolate drip bottles. Yeah. Uh, so I sent her a message and she's rolling out 16 more colours, mm. so all of which are 250 grams and with a 12-month shelf life and a new pearl glitter as well. Mm. So that I'm really looking forward yeah. to because I, I like the I like the yeah. sound of that. Um, How much are they? 850. Yeah. So what have you found? Um, I've also found something. It's a collaboration between Miss Havisham's Cakes and she was one of our ones to watch and Burnt Island Occasions, mm-hmm. and they've come out with this line of cake wraps, is what I'm going to call them. Yeah. Uh, they're design sheets, so they're the ones that you can wrap around a cake, or you can cut bits out and use them for cookies or for other bits of design on your cake. Um, the difference they've done is they've done a lot of really modern art prints, yeah. and they're seamless, so you can line them up and it'll go all the way around. Um, there's a lot of them. They've worked with a team of graphic designers to do modern prints, um, you can use them on cakes, cookies, <laughs> toppers, chocolate and ice malt and they'll be available on icing sheets, wafer paper and transfer sheets. So they put some of their pictures on their stories. The brand they call themselves is Satis Designs, so that's S-A-T-I-S Designs. Um, the designs they've got, actually, they remind me of, if you're going to Paper Chase or Oliver Bonus, the individual yes. sheets of wrapping paper that you get. Yeah. It's that sort of thing. It's like a very yeah. high-end high quality, yeah. quite cool, 
kind of finish. So they're really, really modern and really nice, and I mm. very much like them. Very quick to make your cake stand out, I yeah. think. it'd be a very nice background for something. I'm not sure you'd want to use it just by itself, but with a little bit of embellishment, it could look really, really fantastic and save you a lot of time. There is a cracking kind of... Uh, I don't want to say tutorial because I don't know what um, those little films on Instagram are called. Reels. I don't know. Are they reels? There's a new thing called reels, which is not IGTV. (laughs) Do you see the way I go blank at the talk of anything? Um, Yes. uh, Yeah. If you go, if you go into Instagram and you scroll down Miss Havisham's cakes, um, she's taken pieces of her new designs backed it onto um, a piece of paste, very thin piece of paste, and then applied it to the cake. And then she's gone down with uh, Swiss meringue buttercream mm. and just blended in the edges and then um, so given some texture. Okay. And it's going to – and it just gives you some inspiration as to what to do. You don't have to buy a sheet and completely wrap it. No, there's a lot of, you can make it by a lot of uh, – Yeah, money. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think these are, these are going to be great. Um, the other thing which I found is by Kinky Curly Cookie Co. Now, this name was lost on Sam entirely. I had to explain it to her. <laughs> <laughs> Most things are lost yeah. on me. So, Kinky Curly refers to Afro hair. Yeah. So, Curly is obviously curls, like a ringlet-y type shape, but obviously tighter and shorter. And Kinky is a zigzag. So, if you've got kinky hair, you're, if you've got kinky Afro hair, it's like a zigzag when you look at it as opposed to a coil. Anyway. Um <laughs> So she's brought out a range of cookie cutters. These are the Black Girl Magic. What was that? Um, that was me accidentally pressing on yet another video that okay. she's... <laughs> <laughs> <So>, Whoopsie! <laughs> Black Girl Magic cookie cutters. This is a set of three, and she's done these through Brighton Cutters, which are an American company. Um, and they are three, I'm going to say ladies, Afro-style mm. cookie cutters. There's one called Crowned Queen, which is a side profile which she's done with like a head wrap and natural hair on top. Um, there's one called Puff Bay, which again is a side profile with like one big afro bun. And there's a frotastic one, which is a front profile with uh, natural hair that's parted on the side. So yeah. they're all very nice. Um, you can buy them individually or in sets. I've only got prices in dollars rather than pounds, but the individual, they come in medium, large and regular size. Sorry, I'm trying to go through and I keep coming up with video. <laughs> I'm getting excited about our cookie cutters, you see. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> they come in medium, regular and large, and you can buy them individually or as a set of three. Uh, the medium individual ones start from £5.50, and it goes up to, for the large set of three, it is $18. Yeah, so that's cool. £5.50, $5.50. The largest cutters are approximately four and a half inches by four and three quarter inches. The regular are four by four and a quarter, and the medium are three and a half by three and three quarters. So they're all a fair size, and they look absolutely brilliant. The way she, she's decorated them, they look so good. And I love the fact that with the hair, you get actual texture. You can yeah. More, and I think it just looks so effective. Uh, well, I'm too scared to scroll through the pictures <laughs> <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she's put it this way she's done lots of little videos yeah, <laughs> which I keep finding designs as well so yeah, um, yeah. they're sold through Brighton Cutters and they're designed by Kinky Curly Cookie Co Black Girl Magic Cutters they're fantastic yeah, I love them. love them so for today's main topic we are talking websites and social media which can be a bit of a minefield can't it for sure <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go with our experiences and um, what we've learnt basically 
what was your experience with websites? Because you've obviously used one for Cake Innovations, haven't you, for the shop? Yes. So we had we had someone, a relative, uh, not one of my relatives, um, create a, a website, and we weren't that happy with it, unfortunately. Um, Did you go for them because it was the cheapest option at the time or seemed to be the easiest? Or I think we went for them because they'd done a lot of stuff setting up computer stuff for us. Okay. And uh, he was insistent on knowing lots about websites. And so we kind of bowed to his better experience than ours and let him create it. But we weren't entirely happy with it. The problem is... When it's someone you know, it's very difficult to keep going back to. I mean, we paid him. Yeah. But, you know, when you're not happy with it and you want to keep going back and changing things. Yeah. I think from now I've learned a lot, a lot more than what I knew then. So definitely go about doing things a different way. We then found someone else who actually it was someone that my brother knew um, that did websites and at the time, uh, he was really good. So uh, we paid him to update our website for us. Um, and he really... As in overhaul it or just do generic general updates every so often? Uh, well, he just did like background maintenance. Okay. And then when we wanted um, extra pictures posted and stuff, we'd send it over to him. Um, and he did, he tweaked a lot of the original website. Yeah. Um, which was all very good until he disappeared. Ah. <laughs> um, and then that became an issue. And and I think that's, for me, that's the thing that makes me the most nervous about websites. Yeah. Is actually finding someone who, you know, because everything can be done remotely, you don't necessarily need someone that's local. No. However, I think if you've got someone that's local or that you know and you've built up a relationship with, um, then, you know, maybe that's a bit better. Did you find where you were speaking to someone more remotely, it was difficult to explain exactly what you wanted and to get across what you wanted? Did they understand what you wanted in the first place? And you were like, oh, that wasn't quite what I meant. Because it was just uploading pictures. Yeah. There wasn't a huge amount. A lot of the content was already on there and he'd, he had uploaded quite a bit. Um, I think maybe if you are cake minded then Mm. it's probably easier because people understand you but you can't necessarily find somebody who who just does websites for cake makers yeah Uh, although it's probably a good line (laughs) yeah sometimes it can be a bit tricky to try and get across exactly what you want Mm. but on the whole I think our website was very straightforward and we just plonked some pictures in However, when he disappeared, it's it's kind of left me now with a website that has got some coding in the background and I can't remove some of the pictures. Oh, okay. Um, I have, uh, a couple of years ago, I paid another organisation that's quite close to me, actually, Mm. and I went and did some free uh, WordPress training with them. So I actually got to meet them and to speak to them. And it was after that that I then asked them if they would... Um, tweak my Mm. website for me they couldn't remove some of the coding either yeah Uh, so I think really I'm kind of back to to square one I have to say that the the people that I used were really good Um, they were called storm chasers digital Mm. and they charged you an hourly rate 
but they charged it by the minute. Yeah. So whereas before we'd just been paying like X amount a month. Yeah. For for updates. And if you're not a website person, you don't know whether that stuff's being done. No, you don't know how long it takes. No. no. Or how much of it actually requires someone to be there or is it just stuff's uploading and there's not actually anyone doing anything, it's the computer working its way through it. Exactly. It's a bit like um, having your car maintenance. Yeah. You know, you rely on someone actually, you know, what they're doing. So so anyway, so I've now got a a website that has got some changes made to it, Mm. but I'm kind of thinking about redoing the website completely. Did you, for your hosting, did you use one of the main companies that offer website hosting for a relatively cheap or did you go and buy something else? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the word is. (laughs) Yeah, I I think um, we've got Domain Monster. Okay. um, Which is, I I think, quite a bog standard place that you can go to i think mm. there's i mean there's quite a lot isn't there there's GoDaddy and yeah squarespace and all yeah. that sort of thing i think that i would part of me is tempted to want to do it myself yeah but i also know that time is an issue yeah um so i'm kind of wondering whether to get to to sit down and write it and get it all planned out i guess it um, depends what you want on there and how complicated it is i think a lot of people's websites are far more complicated than they need to be I don't want complicated. Yeah. I'm not talking about shops here. I'm just talking no, about plain old cake websites. I can't do complicated. There's, it's like, what is your website for? So yeah. depending on what it's for, is going to depend on what you want on it. And yeah. there's a lot of them where a lot of the information that maybe should be in one place and is together is spread across various tabs. And the thing is, do you need a website? Well, exactly. Because you've you've managed to cope without a website. I have, but then I haven't needed to bring in business from outside. Like most no. of my business comes from people I know because I work with a massive number of people and have worked there for nearly 20 years. So I know it's a big company, it's a big employer. I've worked across various teams and sites. I know a lot of people, so I'm not trying to necessarily attract new work. I'm just trying to put all my work somewhere so when people go, "Have you got any pictures?" I can go, "Yeah, they're here." Yeah which is why I decided not to have a website. But I've done a website before for my Sugar Craft Club. We did that. Um, we did GoDaddy because they had an offer on. And I think it, I can't remember how much it was. It might have been like nine ninety nine for the year or something. So wow. yeah, it was very, it was on offer. It was very cheap. Um, you obviously get your templates you can pick from. So they've got layouts basically and you yeah. upload your pictures and it's kind of put your writing here and it will say something, but it won't really say anything relevant. You just change it to what you want yeah. it to say. So you've got all the templates. You can pick the one you want. You can change the colors. Um, you've also got the option to view it on a tablet and a mobile. So you can adjust the layout for that and decide, do you want the same amount of pictures? Do you want the same amount of mm-hmm. various things? Because you don't necessarily do want everything. And depending on what you're doing it on, the layout might be different. So on a computer, things might open perfectly if you open the same website on your phone. Um, a button may be in front of something yeah. that you need to click on. So you need to adjust the layout depending on what device you're using it on. But that was really straightforward. Like I think it took about an hour and a half to set up at the beginning. And a lot of that was me searching for photos on our Facebook page to download oh, really? and then re-upload to GoDaddy. Okay. I know um, we'll be coming then. <laughs> <laughs> well, once the year finished, it did get a lot more expensive. Yeah. And... We didn't renew because we didn't need a website. We had social media. It was just something nice to have for a bit. Um, And as soon as we lapsed our payment, they changed our website to link to something which I don't think was real at all, selling shoes. 
Oh, right. Okay. I mean, clearly it was not the same because the name of our website was very specific. <laughs> it was Orpington BSG. Yes, not and quite shoe. No, it's it's quite specific. There's only yeah. so many companies that are going to want that. Um, so I think they did that on purpose to try and make us pay again to have the website, but we didn't really care. So we left it six months later and it's gone altogether. There is nothing it leads to. Um, but if you want to have a website with your own address, so if we'd have had www.orbitonbsg.com yeah. or .org or whatever we want, um, that would have been a lot more money. What we had was the Wix site address forward slash... Okay. BSG, and that was why it was cheap. So there's different levels you can go in at depending on how specific you want it. Yeah. I think it depends on whether you want people to just click through because if they're clicking through, it doesn't matter what the address is. Yeah. If they're having to type it in themselves, then yes. it needs to be something a bit easier to understand. It needs to be something, to be honest, I think you need to be consistent across all platforms. I think all your social media, your website, it needs to be the same name. When you've got different variations of it on different platforms, it no. just gets really confusing for people. Yeah, and they can't find you, and they'll find someone else with a similar name and think it's you. Yeah, that's and it, that happens quite a lot actually. Yeah, I've seen quite a few people, different cake makers. Yeah, that have got completely different names. Yeah, and I understand it because, like, particularly for my Instagram, I couldn't get the name I wanted. I wanted Little Whisk. It had gone. I had to have Little Whisk Cakes. If you're early to a platform, you can probably have whatever name you want. If you're late to that platform, yeah. it's probably gone. So you have to have some different iteration of it. Yeah, but. Maybe that's something to think about if you're setting up a business is to find something that's available on all the platforms and just have that account. Yeah. Just sort of take it as your own so no one else can have it. Which is why I just like other people to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, user experience though on websites is a big thing, which I think a lot of people seem to forget about. Like there's a lot of cake makers I know who have websites who are like, oh, I need to upload this and their focus is on updating regular photos. But actually they've never been on the website as a user. They've only been on the website as an administrator yeah. and as a user it's particularly difficult to find your way around like today we were searching for some of our new stuff we'd come across it and we were trying to search for specific products and to click through from the main page of a website to find new products on some of them i'm not going to mention the companies i don't think it's fair yeah. but some of them it's incredibly difficult to find those products you'll yeah. mention it but you can't click on it and then you click on something and it will take you to somewhere else you can go round and round and round in circles yeah yeah, I think it's really important to get someone else to look for you because it's easier for them to pick up yes. errors yeah, yeah. than you to do it yourself. And if you do it through your computer all the time, it just recognises the browser. And yeah. so you automatically – so if I go onto my website on my computer, it will automatically take me into the background. Yes. Although it will let me see what it looks like when it's live. Yeah, you don't have the same, the same user experience, do you? No. It's not at all the same. No, no, not at all. So I think that is really, really important. I think that um, having spoken to my brother, which something that we probably didn't do when we first started uh, creating our website, mm. was to create all of the content, first of all. Yes, and make sure that you've got all of your writing and all the pictures that you want. And so if you are going to hand it over to someone, almost like having a picture board. Yes. Having something there that they can then look at and go, oh, yeah, I get it. I think there's some quite good advice um, on Susie Witt's podcast. Yes. It's the Susie Witt show. She covers all sorts of business. She is a cake. She was in the cake industry. She yeah. is now moving away from that to business coaching. But mm -hmm. she's got some really good podcasts on 
how to set up your website, what it needs to have on it, what needs to be on certain pages to get you the best results and how to use your website effectively. I think it's definitely worth trying to get as much advice as possible. Yes. Just to give you some background Mm. info and what people look for when they put in the search engine. Yeah. You know, how much of search engine optimization SEO <laughs> yeah. do you know that was like a just you know a word that I just cringed at every time yeah. someone mentioned it I've got no idea what you're talking about and it's just the number of times as far as I believe I could be wrong it's the number of times that like Google picks up your words it's to do what you've got on your website kind of so it's to do with when you Google something and this is specifically for the website Google um, when you Google something, how high up the rankings are you? So if I put in Cake Innovations Gravesend, if your search, if your SEO is good, you'll be the top hit. If yeah. your SEO is not good, you might be on the seventh or eighth page and I might never find you. Yeah. Because there'll be so much rubbish before it. And the way it finds you is to do with what you label things on your page, what you label your photographs as, the words you have on your website, all that sort of thing. Although I was reliably informed by my brother that it should be about three to five percent of your content so like if you're gonna have the word cake Mm. or icing or something like that it should it should be about three to five percent of your um of your content you know so it should reappear if you put it too little it won't pick it up and if you put it too much it will go oh you're just trying to get your rankings and it'll kick you out well i don't think it's that it's that google tries to weed out things that are rogue so if it thinks that you're not a real website if it thinks you're scamming or you're spamming someone it's going to try and weed you out so it it needs to look like a genuine website with genuine traffic going through it in a sensible order there's some really good, um, oh, we've mentioned them before, the British Library. They've got some really good sem- uh, web-based seminars on SEO and how to improve it that oh, are quite right. easy to understand. So if oh, you want to read like. up, you can read up there. Well, make sure you've got good quality images. Yes, to go good on. resolution. Yeah, with a decent background, which I think is something that uh, Jo mentioned last month in, yes. the, in her uh, podcast when we interviewed her about making sure that your background is quite hot quite nice yeah Um, but I did say sometimes it's not always that easy because I've been to venues where I've taken a wedding cake and the bride and groom or the venue yeah have it displayed in a window yeah and also the other thing I've had is I've had a wedding cake go somewhere I didn't actually uh, deliver it Mm. it traveled in a lorry don't ask (laughs) I, I was like nervous so I made the cake um, and it was delivered and the venue set it up because it yeah. was three tiers. I wasn't, it was deep tiers. So I wasn't going to send it stacked. Yeah. So the venue set it up. But what I didn't know was the bride and groom then put fresh flowers on it. Oh, okay. Now we all know that fresh flowers, you know, it, it depends on what you've got. Are they got insecticide? You know, it's yeah. not something that I would recommend, but I didn't know about that. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily want to represent... Yes, you wouldn't want those pictures on your website. On my website. And I think that is a good point is that, and this applies to social media as well, your website and your social media is for managing people's expectations. Yeah. It's for managing their expectations in terms of cost, in terms of location, in terms of what you can do and what you want to do. Mm. So if you're putting up a picture of every single thing that you've made and a lot of them are not the style of work that you want to attract, then you shouldn't be putting those pictures up. No. Because people are going to see them and they're going to want that. Yeah. 
it's a hard thing isn't it because you want to you want to showcase everything that you do but it's not necessarily right I mean I need to go back and I want to remove the celebration cakes off of my website because I don't want to do celebration cakes anymore yeah um I just want to do wedding cakes yeah now sometimes that's really hard because you're like oh you know it's a cake that you really loved and that you did yeah but it's not what you want to do no and and if you've got a beautiful cake that you've done but the pictures are awful. Yeah, again, just you, had to suffer it. Yeah. Or you zoom in to a part yes, and do like and a little a arty little cutaway of yeah, a yeah, bit yeah. of a corner of it when actually, you know, yeah. the rest of it was a lot nicer, but that's what yeah. looks good, so. Yeah. Well, one of my issues is always uh, my photography. I cannot <laughs> take a straight photo. So I'm kind of thinking maybe I'll just start doing arty, slanty ones. Maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that the other thing is, is the social media side of it. Mm. Because, for example, I've got on my Facebook page a whole heap of stuff that I've posted from way back when that I wouldn't even consider um, wanting to recreate or necessarily post now. Um, Now, I don't know how easy it is to remove those. Oh, that's quite easy. Is it? Yeah. Excellent. You can literally click on your post and delete it. That's what I like to hear because, you know, there's stuff, you, you might have had your business going for 10, 15 years, but your your skill level yeah, has, has changed, changed dramatically. Your style's evolved, fashions and trends have evolved. Yeah, and, you know, to go back and actually remove some of that stuff, I think is actually, you know, yeah, it's, it's quite a good idea. But I feel like websites and social media have a completely different point. I, I was looking, actually, at the demographics mm. of Facebook and Mainly Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Uh, as of June 2020, 26.54 million Instagram users in the UK, mm. which is an enormous amount of yeah. of people, and the majority of which are between 25 and 34. Yeah. Now, what I found surprising, because I thought that, that the majority of Facebook users would be older. Yeah. But... It seems to be in a similar age range. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hold on. Or do people have accounts and use them for different things? Is Facebook for keeping in touch with your gran? Well, that is something that you just don't know. And your do family you? that because live abroad rather than for... That's that's never on a survey. No. That's quite interesting because actually, yes, if you're looking at Instagram for business and pictures and stuff... But then you use Facebook for, you know, your social life. Yeah. Then that's that's yeah. Because I I have used platforms in a completely different way. Like I don't I've come off Facebook now, but I was never on Facebook for inspiration. I was on Facebook to keep in touch with people that I know who don't live near me anymore, so I can see yeah. their photos without them having to send them individually to me. Like I've got friends who are in Australia. I've got some friends with young kids, so I don't see that often. Like that was why yeah. I was on there. So I get a lot of, when I was in the shop, I had a lot of Facebook, because I, ne- I never used to use Instagram. Mm. Um, so a lot of my users were through Facebook. Yeah. And they would, if I took photos of the shop, they'd, they'd and post it onto Facebook, they'd use that to expand it and see what I've got in stock. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite a good way of doing yeah. shopping, really. Yeah. So, yeah. And then they'd ring me and say, have you got this? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it in your yeah. picture. Yeah. <laughs> so so I found that quite useful. Mm. Um, I got some cake inquiries through it, 
but I wouldn't say that cake inquiries through Facebook were, um, don't want to say sensible, but you know, there's a lot of time wasting. I d- yeah, I didn't think they they generally didn't lead anywhere. Yeah, that was why I chose not to do Facebook for my for my business because yeah, I just felt like that's not not who I want yeah. to attract. It's there's almost, a lot of people who've got nothing to do other than sit there all day and ask questions. Yeah. It was, it's almost like a showcase. Yeah. Um, and the fact that obviously Instagram and Facebook are connected. Yeah. Now I can just post on Instagram. Yeah. And it'll go straight through. And I don't really have to do a great deal with Facebook. It's just there as a shop window. If, if you people like, search for you, then there is they some kind of presence. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the thing of followers as well on social media, like, it was a big thing, but actually the number of followers you've got is not that important because if none of them really care what you're saying, yeah. then you may as well have no one following you. Yeah. You're better off having a hundred people who are hanging on your every word, who are buying your every product, who are coming to you for orders, who are active customers, who are taking an interest in your posts, who are actually doing stuff yeah. rather than 25,000 people who scroll straight past you every yeah. time. Like yeah. It's not all about the numbers. It's about the engagement. No. And I think you're at the mercy of these platforms. So it's probably quite dangerous to rely on them and not have a website. Yeah. Because as soon as algorithms change, you're less visible. And if people can't see you, then you're not even reaching those hundreds or that, you know. And I think think that at the beginning, I mean, that did catch me out at the beginning Mm. when I was younger and more naive, (laughs) (laughs) that you would have a lot of cake groups who would want to start these so-called ladders. Yeah. And I like your page, you like mine. Yeah. But what's the point? Yeah. What is the point? It's going to achieve nothing apart from giving you likes. Yeah. Now, whether you feel that a page that has lots of likes, you know, if you're a customer and you go onto a page that has lots of likes versus one that doesn't, is that going to influence you or are the pictures? Yeah. For me, no, it's the pictures that I would look at. The likes are neither here nor there. No. No. Perhaps a review, but mainly the pictures. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, And and then that was another thing, that Facebook never always gave everyone like a review bit. Yeah. But then you'll get someone that's just trigger happy that goes through. Yeah. And I think there's a couple on my page where I haven't even got a clue who these people are. Mm. And they've given me one-star reviews. Yeah. You know, I don't know. There's nothing you can say to them. There's nothing you can do with them. You can't get rid of them. No. (laughs) No. But you don't know, you know, what was the purpose of what they did that for? Mm. Did they accidentally click it by accident, which is easy enough to do? Yeah. Um, or is there someone sitting out there going, ha, oh, let's get all these businesses. Yeah. <laughs> so, Just trolling for the sake of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it's it's hard, but I think you just have to go past mm. those, you know, there's yeah. nothing you can do. I think there's all the different platforms, though. There's a different, we were saying before about age groups. I think there is definitely a different age group for different platforms. I've tried to write down all of that I could think of. So, well, the main ones, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Facebook is kind of a free-for-all, I feel. Like, there's so much on there. Mm. Twitter, I'm not sure is that valuable for Sugarcraft, being that it's mainly word-based. Yes, you can do pictures, but maybe if you were selling stuff, yeah, that would make sense if you're if you're a shop selling products or if you were a, a maker selling products, it could be useful. Um, Instagram, I like because it's mainly pictures. TikTok, 
I've it's never new. ventured into TikTok. Oh, TikTok's a hole you will fall down if you go on it. <laughs> <laughs> I've stayed away, but I have friends who literally are like, I lost 45 minutes to it the other day and only oh went on to goodness. see. Yeah, oh. lots of dance routines, lots of little, um, I think Instagram videos, but kind of snappier and cuter and more to the point. So like, you might have a speeded up baking thing. But TikTok's a youngish audience. Yeah. Um, Snapchat, obviously... I think it's going out a little bit now. It is going out a little bit now. Um, And YouTube I've included as well, because I think YouTube actually is becoming more of a community and less of a, here's my video, I'm off now, bye. (laughs) There there is a lot more interaction on it. And you've got your stories, um, you can link to various things. So depending what route you want to go down, that might be... Yes. Yeah, I've never really explored YouTube that much. I've got a couple of YouTube videos on there. Mm. But we recorded them, and we're probably going about this completely, you know, novices going about it completely the wrong way, recorded it on our phones, Mm. and then uploaded it. Okay. Now, that's fine, but it took nearly a day to upload. Oh, really? It was like four minutes of video. (laughs) I think things have moved on a bit since then. I think you can upload a lot more quickly now. 1876. You can tie your stuff together by using your own hashtag on a lot of these places. Do yep. so you have your own personalised hashtag? People will just search for that and they'll find you across yep. various platforms. Yeah. And if you've got a website, it's really important to have links through to all of those places that you are associated with. And also on your social media to get those customers on your mailing list. Yeah. Because if for some reason visibility changes... They change something on the app that you're using or the platform that you're using and where your post used to be seen by X number of people is now seen by half that. There's nothing you can do about that. And when they're gone, they're gone. And the amount of people that they follow, they might not even miss you. Yeah. So if you can get people, not off your social media, if you can get people to give you their contact information and sign up to your mailing list, you have them. Yes. You just go down the whole GDPR route and... Yeah, but if you've got... Keeping everything secure. If you've got stuff going on, people should not be unsubscribing. No. No. And it's not it's not difficult. If people do unsubscribe, you just shred their details and make yeah. sure they're removed from yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not a difficult process. No, and there's a lot of things that can handle it for you, such as MailChimp and the rest of it. So you don't yeah. actually really need to do a lot yourself. The options are there for the customer just to click through. And you can use them for free, a lot of them. You don't actually have to pay until you get to quite big numbers. Have you scheduled posts before? Uh, on on uh, social media mm. no no and I really think that that is the way to go mm. um, but I've never done it I keep intending to for the podcast yeah. I think well actually what we're posting is not time critical in the sense that it needs to be up at a certain time and it's particularly relevant it's relevant to an episode so it's got a month to go up yeah what yeah. I should really do is sit there and do them for the month yes and then you don't and then it's done it. without having like oh god I'm meant to post that and the next episode's out in two days oh well yeah. let's do it now <laughs> But scheduling posts can save you a lot of time because I think you can lose a lot of time to social media for not a lot of benefit. Like yeah. the time you put in is not necessarily what you're going to get back. If Again, if you're not tailoring it to your customer yeah, and to what you want to attract. yeah. Um, I quite like using stories as well. So stories have been brought into quite a lot of platforms. So YouTube has started doing stories as well. Um, Instagram, Facebook do stories. So as far as... I use social media, your grid, which is like your main 
mm. part of your page is for things that are going to stay there. That's for your professional. That's for your, this is what I'm selling. This is what I do. This is, mm. you know, this is what's on offer. Your stories is for more your behind the scenes. So for stuff that maybe... Do they disappear? Yeah. So Instagram stories last for 24 hours. Okay. Um, I think I would imagine Facebook and um, YouTube are a similar vein. They disappear after 24 hours, but they're saved to your profile that only you can see, and then you can repost that to your grid if you want to. Oh, okay. So oh, that's or to your to highlights. Oh, that's yeah, that's handy to know. Yeah, I think I have before accidentally done something to thinking I've posted it on <laughs> to a story. Yeah. Like, where's it gone? Yeah, I think stories are more for like, here's me out and about. Here's me, this is in progress. Like yeah. maybe the cakes that you said that you've done, but you don't really want people to buy from you. You yes. could do a brief thing about that in your stories. Don't go to town because obviously if you're continually posting pictures yeah. of something you don't want to make, you're going to attract that. <laughs> but if you post a picture maybe once every six months or something yeah. of it, it's not going to be so much of an issue because it's only there for 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've also got, so there's new like swipe to shop options. So once you get over a certain amount of followers in your stories, you can go, you get the option of adding swipe up which can then link you straight into your website. Oh, so okay. rather than having to click through your bio, if you follow someone with like, I don't know how many thousands of followers it is, but once you reach a certain level, you've got the option of swipe to shop. So you oh, can just okay. swipe up. Um, and they've also included shopping in social media. So if you're a shop, so you can buy off Instagram. So if you're trying to sell off Instagram, that is now an option. However, bear in mind again, who's going to see your posts? How long are they going to see them for? It's taking you to a website, so obviously you're going to have to have a website to buy off. But don't rely 100% on one platform to attract all your business mm-hmm. because if you're no longer visible, your yeah. business is gone pretty much overnight. Um, I do know people, though, who do run their cake businesses on Instagram. They actually attract business because of the hashtags they use. They'll use the areas they work in, yeah. birthday cakes for sale, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, I think... Again, it's a case of managing expectations because if you're going to buy a luxury product, no one is going to buy that on Instagram. Anyone who's paying top whack for a luxury bespoke service is not going to be ordering off social media. They might see you on social media. Yeah. They might expect, they will probably expect you to have some kind of social media following, but they would expect a much more discreet service and yeah. much more personalized and hold your hand, to yes. walk me through it. Yeah. Than being able to click through and buy so although it's a benefit so i just had this drop down box of uh three tears yes please <laughs> <laughs> well do you know what like some people that would work yeah yeah like there's no reason why you couldn't if you were doing absolute fast wedding service yeah and absolute particularly now when weddings aren't that big if you were doing a budget service maybe not call it budget you know use a simply yeah a simply service yeah use a nicer word than budget but yeah. That's what it boils down to. Um, why not? Things are going to yeah. be quick to make. People who are planning an event on a shoestring are not necessarily planning seven months, eight months ahead. No. They might be, oh, I've got the money now, let's do it now. Yeah. So yeah. why not? Yeah. yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so social media and websites in a nutshell. <laughs> mm. Yes, there's not a lot of advice there. It's more um, our experiences. experiences, But if you want advice on these things, I would say the Susie Witt podcast, I know we mentioned her before. um, I think it's actually very useful for business advice. She's quite savvy, isn't she? Yeah, she's very business savvy. And I think 
there is a definite, and I don't mean this any disrespect to Susie at all, um, there is a very big difference between highly talented and very good at business. They are not the same thing. No. And just because you have talent does not mean you have a good business. No. You ne- it's a separate skill that you need to learn. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> Time to move on. Yeah. Who's your one to watch this month? <laughs> this month, my one to watch is Kelvin Chua. So on Instagram, he is Kelvin Chua. So that's K-E-L-V-I-N-C-H-U-A underscore Vinism Sugar Art. V-I-N-I-S-M-S-U-G-A-R-A-R-T. Um, he is Kelvin Chua. And he's from Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. And he does Royal Icing. It says Cake Masters Awards 2018, winner of Royal Icing category, Royal Icing and painting classes worldwide. Um, and yes, his Royal Icing is quite frankly outstanding. <laughs> it's not surprising. He's been a winner, is it really? <laughs> I mean, it's quite Eastern influence, his style. So there's a lot of sort of Malaysian Chinese type influences in terms of this, um, like water lilies, koi, cranes, that sort of thing, the bright red. Um, it's all very beautiful. He does a lot of designs on the sides of cakes. So, um, very on trend, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's a lot of, so incorporating runouts and, um, icing directly onto the cake and some brush embroidery. And it doesn't really look like royal icing. It, it doesn't, doesn't it? It could be painted, yeah. couldn't it? It's painted so beautifully that you wouldn't really know what it was unless you didn't know. The um, peonies that are on the side of the cakes yeah, are amazing. Outstanding. It's got a very good eye. Um, there's also some 3D um, creations. I say models. They're not models at all. They are bits of run-up that have been iced together. There's yeah. a carriage. There's a pagoda. Um, when I say carriage, this is like royal carriage type thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> There's a little house which looks like a Swiss clock. You know the one that's like a Swiss cuckoo clock? Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. See, I was going to say a posh gingerbread house. Oh, okay. But <laughs> maybe that's doing him down a bit because actually well, it's, it's actually, amazing. I, I, think it is a, I think it is a clock because it's got a clock face on it. Yeah. And, oh, my God, in front of it is the little carriage. Oh. Um, yeah, the kind of thing where, like, the little people come out on the tracks at, on the hour. Wowza. I am very, very impressed by his sugar work. It is very beautiful. They are the odd picture of his family on the page as well, and his rather cute little baby daughter as well. Features <laughs> now and then. <laughs> well, why not if you've got a cute little yeah. baby daughter? Um, so, yeah, if you're into realising, or even if you're not, take a look and be inspired, because um, I think he's quite inspired by Eddie Spence. He has sort of referenced him quite a few times in his pictures, yeah. but their style is so very different. Yeah. So I think he's sort of been inspired in terms of what can be done and taken it and done his That's own thing. That's a windmill. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure I'd want to take it outside and put it on a stump. <laughs> <laughs> I'd no. be too scared. There's some very beautiful pressure piped people. So he's very good at pressure piping, um, building up the 3D type image. And there's lots of pictures of his classes as well with all his students. He does occasionally come over. I think he has taught over here before a few times at um, probably Cape International, to be honest, I would have thought, or around that time of year. Um, although he is based in Malaysia, obviously, people do travel, so he will come in this way at some point, no doubt. Who's your one to watch, Sam? Uh, so my one to watch, like I was saying earlier, that actually I'm losing my life to Instagram now. And I start off, I've got a whole list of people that I want to watch. And um, every time I find someone else, 
This is confusing me. Fall down a hole. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't feel like I'm going to return. Um, so my one to watch this month is the Petite Pudding. And this is Sean Amy Petit, and she is a Brit living in Columbus, Ohio. Oh. And the work that she does, so she does extra, extra deep cakes. All the designs, I believe, are buttercream. Mm, and um, and they're all dots. So it's a technique called pointillism. Yes, pointillism. We did that in GCSE art. Did you? <laughs> GCSEs, yeah, they wouldn't let me do. They wouldn't let me do GCSE art. I wasn't allowed to do it either. Well, yeah. to. <laughs> uh, I could only do stick men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the effect is amazing. Mm. Um, so she's got some. Oh, I love the strawberries. So, so on the side of the cake, yeah. she has got strawberries, and the rest of it is is lines. Like the background is lines, and then these strawberries are kind of inserted into the side. Um, they just grab you, and you just kind of want to go through every single picture yeah. and see what she's got. She's got avocado. She's got um, ice creams. They look like fabric. They look. They do. From a distance, they look like fleecy fabric. They've got that sort of texture and that amount of detail. Yeah. Uh, she's even done them on the top of uh, cupcakes just to see how it would work. I think it's quite <laughs> successful, personally. Yeah. So she's also got some beautiful floral ones as well. Oh, I like the lemon slices. That's quite nice. There's some nice geometric ones too. Do you know what I want to know, though? I want to know whether they fit perfectly or there is a back. Is there a back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so, no videos, is there? No. So, so Sean, let us know. <laughs> But yeah, I would suggest you go and check her out. Um, so she is, yeah, the petite pudding. That's amazing. Like every single one of those patterns, they're exactly the same size. Like how on earth would you pipe that the same every single time? I know. I, I think even with a template, I'd struggle. I, I wonder how long it takes. Yeah, that's got to be wonder. a long time. I think the part of the time as well, we're mixing up all the colours because they're very bright, vibrant colours. They're like, yeah. let's say felt pen colours as opposed to what sometimes. Yeah buttercream colours turn out like yeah so um so yeah go go check her out um mm. because i think you'll be pleasantly surprised yeah. and in awe of what she does with just one medium as well i know yeah it's incredible isn't it yeah very nice indeed mm. two completely different things both piping to uh, get us inspired yeah <laughs> actually she did get me inspired yesterday i did go rummaging down the shed which sounds a bit odd, doesn't it? Yeah, that's anyway. Because sure it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> you do anything or just rummage? Uh, no, I did. I covered two two dummies yesterday, oh. which was quite impressive, really, considering I've not done a great deal at all. <laughs> Everyone was in bed. It was quiet. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so that's it for this month. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'd love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, we'll link the things we've mentioned in the show notes below. You can follow us on Instagram at the Sugarcraft Junkies, and we will be back on the 14th of October when we are talking diversity in the pig industry. So we will see you then. Bye! Bye.